This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I am joined by Joe Killinger. He is a partner at Commercial Brokers International. He is the host of a YouTube show called Real Estate Jam Session. I'm excited for him to be here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for getting my last name right. It's been Klinger. It's been Kalinger. It's been so well done. <laughs> Thank you. I get Risa all the time. I used to when I was growing up wrestling uh, and they would announce your name to get on. Yeah. On mat on the mat, they would say Chris Risa. I'd be like, this is there's two S's, not two E's. <laughs> But that is my favorite candy right now in our office. Reese's, their little cups are in the freezer in the office. So that one, the espresso in the afternoon, best pick me up ever. Freezer, that's good. Move oh, yeah. In the freezer. Yeah. Good move. Is, it's a little slice of heaven in the middle of the afternoon. I like that. Yeah. Joe, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. I'm a partner at Commercial Brokers International in Los Angeles. So we're a smaller boutique uh, commercial real estate firm. We are full service. We got 14 agents and, um, you know, we do deals around Los Angeles, yeah, but we also have done deals in 36 states so far, a lot of STNL deals. Um, then we also have a YouTube channel that called Real Estate Jam Session that we put content out twice a week, which by the way, your video will be out here in the next couple of weeks. Great job. I was looking at the editing. You did very well. Um, it, uh, but we put this content out in real estate to really help those that want to become a real estate investor or real estate agent. So that's what real estate jam session is, uh, the logo behind me. Got it. So most, most of the deals you've done in other states have been single tenant net lease deals yep. on the investment sales side. Yep, exactly. And what do what do you guys consider your bread and butter in Los Angeles? We do a lot. I mean, I wish I could say investment sales, but I mean, we've, we've got more buyers than we know what to do with uh, for industrial and multifamily. But right now it's been mostly uh, retail and office leasing. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and the buyers interested in industrial and multifamily, are they local Los Angeles investors? Are they? It's it's mixed. We've got pension uh, funds, private equity groups. What is it? We've got, yeah, we've got everything from mom and pops that have done very well in the, the stock market the last couple of years to some institutional big money. Uh, and finding them inventories is pretty, uh, pretty difficult, but it's mostly California based people. We've got a couple of uh, New York institutions, but not, not as many. Got it. Okay. Joe, I have Three questions for you. Oh, geez. We call this section Clear the Air. Are you ready? <laughs> Probably not, but let's try. All right. Question one. Yeah. When is the last time you tried something for the first time? Oh, just a couple of weeks ago. Now, I need to uh, caveat here. I am rotator cuff issues, but in, in indoor uh, wall climbing, I may be my new wow. addiction. That is the most fun. Um, it, it was, I got to really focus on this rehab of this the shoulder. But once I get that done, I think that's going to be a new passion. That, that's something everybody should try. Wow. Yeah. That was a good one. That is a good one. I need to try it. I haven't, I mean, 
I've like played. I haven't really done it, so I, right. I, I need to do that. That's a fun one. Yeah, this is. It's a. I, I don't know how this wall was like twenty some feet tall, and wow. I got up and you, know, you come down, but man, I can really feel it because it's a full body workout. Legs, your your fingers. Uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, forearms, but your shoulders. It puts a pretty good bind on them, and some of the reaching that you do. So it, it's. I was a little slow and weak, but uh, so I was a little nervous to really push too hard. I'm not great with heights. Yeah. So that would be, that I'm would be, you know. In. I'm hardest in. And then they put me with this little kid that's maybe 12. She like a little spider going up the wall. I'm like, oh, seriously, this is what I need. Oh, so I had to try and catch up at least. Well, I'm sure you did great. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'll do better later. How often do you think you'll do it? Uh, as much as I can. It, it's, it's pretty, it's catching on. We don't have a lot of places. I think ideally, I would like to go try some real rock climbing, um, maybe Utah or someplace. But I do have a little bit of a fear of heights. I don't know how much of that I can really do, but it's a, it's a dream. We'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. Question two. Yeah. What is one skill you don't possess but wish you did? This is kind of an easy one because growing up, uh, is playing the piano. I really, I have no musical, nothing. Neither I just none. can't. And, none. but my sisters, both my sisters were very good at it. And I'd always, uh, the song music box dancer on the piano when I was a kid, for some reason, I just love that song and they'd sit and play it for me. And yeah, so playing the piano would be what I would love. That would be amazing. I'd love to be able to just go. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wouldn't that be just light it one up time? And people be, Totally moved and yeah, everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna happen. Not for me either. Okay, last question. Yeah, what is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? Oh, this is interesting because I got into this conversation just yesterday, and I'm with a bunch of commercial real estate agents, and I made the comment, you know, I talked to a lot of people that they invest in Airbnb, right, and they're around the Midwest and. I said, don't you think that um, that's going to start taking a hit with gas prices, uh, inflation? And, you know, I, I could see where it would stay strong in tourist places, you know, along the coast or around Disneyland or Universal or someplace like that. And they all thought, nah, they didn't think so. So I think, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I kind of think those asset classes might see a slowdown. And that, that's something that really yesterday, I thought more people might agree with me, but it turns out not. Interesting. I think it comes down to what are, what is human behavior in inflationary times? Yeah. So I, it, last quarter when Burlington stores reported, the, the CEO said that they've historically done well in inflationary times because people trade down and create value. Yeah, they want deals. And and recently I've saw, seen articles about Walmart and other retailers who have been talked about that they typically do good in inflationary times. To me, it comes down to what, uh, two things. One, do people trade down which I think there is a segment of the market who does uh, a large, I think it's a large 
American population trade down. There's the other people that, you know, so that's the more burgers, less steak. Yeah. There's the other who groups who just buy less. Mm-hmm. Right. They just spend, I'm not going to buy X anymore. Yeah. And then there's the groups that are like, well, I got to pay 15% more. It's just is what it is, but I'm still spending. Right. And what I, what I, what I think my take on the Airbnb is I'd love to know more about who their customer is. Yeah. Like if there was a demographic pool, because if you're a frequent Airbnb consumer, like you're a frequent Airbnb consumer, I would assume you're less price sensitive. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true. I don't either. I just am, you know, I can see like, I was talking like to a guy it, who was, he has a Airbnb above. Like if, I, if I'm somebody, right, if I'm somebody who, you know, once every 60 days, I want to take my family to a cabin away somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I would, you know, that's typically, and they're typically not going to an inexpensive cabin. Right. I don't know how price sensitive that customer is. I don't know, but I don't know what the size of that market is. It's just, you know, I've got a guy up and he has a place right above uh, the whiskey on Sunset in Hollywood. And he's seen a little bit of a slowdown the last few weeks. And he doesn't really have amenities with it. And so it's really kind of a unique place anyway. But I don't know. I'd be interested to see how that Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the American consumer. But again, you know, I would wonder who is his, who is his normal customer. Yeah, it, it's right? um, young people that want to be up and down the Sunset Strip, the whiskey, Drew, but all that. And so, they're so that, that's a more price-sensitive group. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a more price-sensitive group. It's going to depend on area. It's more price sensitive group, you yeah, know. I, I, I think, you know. Are you going on vacation this year? I hope so. I'm, yes, I will. I go back right. to. I'm from Nebraska, and I always take uh, go home on Christmas. And then I always go to the hometown rodeo, so that's always a lot of fun to go back. And I'm, it's a small town, town of 281 people. Uh, okay, you know, so the dating pool is pretty shallow in high school, as you can imagine. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I love going back there. And it's just really, it's, you know, you, it's just true downtime, right? So, yeah. But uh, I'll probably go scuba diving someplace, too. I'm not sure where. All right. You're, you're, will price play a factor if you go scuba diving or not? Or will it just be time? It'll be a little bit of both. I mean, it just depends on, it'll definitely be a little bit of both. I mean, I don't okay. know what hotels are going to be like by, you know, the end of summer and, um, but, and it depends on the experience too, right? It just depends if it's really great diving, then, you know, I'm obviously willing to pay more for that. What would be the impact on your business if you could consistently get a lease out the same day an LOI is signed? More time to focus on the things that matter? More money allocated to essential business needs? These are the kinds of things that are made possible with LeasePilot. LeasePilot is the only specialized contract management software application built specifically with commercial property owners in mind. Our cloud-based platform connects your drafting language and asset information to a powerful data-driven backend 
to help you prepare your leases faster with less room for error. With a team of lawyers and paralegals on staff, the setup process is designed to be painless and at a price point that is a no-brainer. Find us at leasepilot.co to learn more. So you have a story for us about a hair salon. Yeah. I have a couple. Take it away. I get, uh, you know, there was a hair salon and, and I was new. I was new to commercial real estate. And so it, take us back time period. When is new for commercial real estate? Oh, What's for me, I've been in 20 some years. And so we're so, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, no, this this would have been mid 90s. I was doing auctions before. I was doing real estate auctions before. Moving okay, so we're, we're, we're you're bringing me back to the mid 90s. Here we are in yep. the mid 90s. Yeah. And I get this call, this client's referring it. Uh, this person number is Juwan Juwan Salon in Beverly Hills. I'm like, never heard of it. Well, I, I, you know, 200 bucks for a haircut, not probably not going to happen. That's why I never heard of it. Right. <laughs> so, so I go in and meet, it was so intimidating. I mean, I walk in and everybody is like a supermodel that work there. And the guys that worked there were just, you know, perfectly coiffed in every way possible. So, You're a handsome guy, Joe. <laughs> yeah, hardly. <laughs> so I walk in and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so freaking intimidated. And then the owner comes out and of course she's stunning. And actually I've got an interview with her son today. <laughs> And so, um, so I'm like, okay, stay focused. You know, what do you want? I wasn't even really sure the questions to ask. And, um, so I sit down, I interview them. I'm driving back to the office. They, they want to go from their second location. They want to go from Beverly Hills. They want another place in Brentwood on San Vicente and main drag, which is right across right where my office was. And so I do the interview. I'm there trying to figure out what the, I'm just writing everything down. Cause we weren't really sure the how to, to really qualify these people. And I'm driving back and there was an old gap on San Vicente Boulevard and they're taking the sign down. So I walk, pull over, ask the maintenance guy, uh, is this going on the market? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, how do I get hold of the owner? And so I went in and I mean, it was just that day I found them the space and <laughs> yeah, and negotiated it all out. And, but it, it was a scary, I mean, the anxiety I had doing all that when I was just learning the business, I didn't really, back then it was tough to find a mentor. And I was in, I'd been running an auction company before. And so transitioning to commercial real estate, there was really nobody in the office that had done commercial real estate. So, uh, so, was, so taking me back for a second. Yeah. So you go in, you meet with the owner, you're yeah. intimidated and they're telling you they want to open up another location in Brentwood. Yeah. Science. And so, yeah. So what are they asking you to do? Or at this point, are they asking you to work on their behalf or are they interviewing you to see if they should work with you? Yeah. They were interviewing me to see if they could work with me. And all I could think about as I'm bumbling through this interview with them, it's like, they must think I'm the biggest idiot. This is what's going through my mind. Right. Cause I didn't really know what to ask. Um, you know, so I'm stumbling through it. But, you know, I knew enough to ask for their financial, you know, all the financial. So I could, when a client or a landlord was ready to go, they would have everything in place. So I knew what to really ask for. It turned out I just wasn't sure I was asking the right questions. But it was just so damned. And, and when you left there, did you think you were authorized to proceed to work? Did they give you the, oh, did they no. say, all right, go. No. no, this is the assumptive close. I was <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. We'll try and figure this out. You know, male ego. It's a very fragile thing, right? But male ego, I had it in the bag. And so when I saw this driving by this property, I'm like, I know this property because it's maybe 
20 yards from my office. I go, it's perfect. And so you see the maintenance guy taking down the sign. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be. An and you guy. said you met with the owner. Did you walk in? Yeah. Yeah. He was coming and, by and in about 20 minutes. So I went and dumped everything off of the office, came back. He was there. And I said, listen, I've got this client. And I was so crazy. I just told him who it was. <laughs> Didn't know any better. Right. So yes, yeah, John, Juan out of Beverly Hills. He goes, uh, well, I just need to see their financials. He goes, we're just putting it on the market. I said, well, I can save you a lot of time. And, uh, and it was very lucky in this, Chris, they actually knew people that were, they were all very close, you know, so they're both Beverly Hills families. Um, and so the connection was there. So there's a lot of luck in this. So, so, okay. So you met, yeah. I mean, what are the odds you meet with the owner yeah. an hour after you met with the client? Right? Yeah. That's, that's obviously, yeah. you know, pretty fortuitous. You must've thought, oh, this business is easy. I'm yeah, exactly. It's like my first investment, you know, the first multifamily investment I bought for 275 and, you know, ended up selling it a couple of years later for like 1.3. But now my second one was a three-story walk-up that just went to shit. You know, I think it's my ego was in, in my head because I did had a home run on the first deal, right? So, Juwan, Juwan, so you... You meet with the owner. Yep. He wants to see the financials. He tells you what he wants in rent, but he tells you something interesting like, hey, wait a second, because I'm an owner. He's like, I haven't even taken this to market. I want to yeah. see what the, the market bear. I would like to see what the market bears, right? Before yeah. I just, before I just, you know, offload the space. What if I, did he give you like, well, if they pay this, I'm in. Otherwise, I'm taking it to the market. He said, yeah, let me talk to my broker. And then uh, so he talked to his broker or his agent. And then they got back to me that afternoon. And they said, yeah, we're, they're, well, this is our price. Are you guys willing to do that? And it was high, of course, because we need some. We need a skylight. And I mean, it was just a box, really. And, you know, Juan Juan, they'd come over and actually walked it that same day. And so they wanted this big skylight put in. So they want some TI work, right? And so, so, so. They walk to the same tape. So you call them. Yeah. And you say, hey, we just met. Yeah. It's Joe again. Yeah. Just left you. Do you remember me? No cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember me? Yeah. I got a space for you. You have to come check out, but you have to come right now. Yeah. And they come and did they, before they came, did they ask how much it was or anything like that? No, no, they trust no. me. I said, it's, we don't, I just told them we didn't know. We don't know what the price is. I led with everything. Listen, I just got back. This sign's going up. This is going to go quick. It's a traffic count in San Vicente is 40, 50,000 cars a day. It's everything you're looking for, but we don't know the price and terms yet, but I'd like to have you take a look at it before they start really marketing it. And that's what they came by. And that's compelling, right? If you're a buyer, right? You're yeah. like, all right, maybe I have an off-market kind of yeah. opportunity to swoop in. Yeah. They come. Did they immediately fall in love or... Was it like you had to like sell them on it a bit? Had to sell. They really came with their cards close to their chest, right? They didn't really want to talk about money. They didn't really, you know, they didn't know me. <laughs> they, yeah, they've known you they for an hour. No, yeah, exactly. They didn't know me. And they're here, this little snot-nosed dude is running around telling this is the place for him. And, you know, again, I didn't hadn't even known if I'd asked the right questions. And, but they, the person that referred, for, referred me to them or was a good friend of mine and they were, they were also good friends with them. So it's just a lot of, I got very fortunate with a lot of people just knew each other in the community. So I don't know if you can remember, but from that day to when they signed a lease, 
How long of a time period? Not even two weeks. Wow. Yeah, not even two weeks. Imagine if you could close deals in two weeks now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I say this all the time. So this is, this is what's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. With all the technology in the world, right? We, we now email leases back and forth. I, yeah. When I was at my first job, we were FedExing comments back and forth oh, yeah. in the mail. Isn't that crazy? Right? Yeah. And it went faster. Yeah. Deals move faster. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, hey, I'm out of town. Well, shit, you got email. Respond to the email. And deals move faster. Yeah. It is. It's, it's astounding. Um, it's astounding, but yeah. deals move faster. And with all the technology we have, they still move faster back then. Um, so what from that? I was, uh, I mean, but he, two weeks was even fast back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But from meeting the client to finding the space to making a deal mm -hmm. and then signing the deal, two weeks. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, well, contracts what are, some are a lot simpler then, too, keep in mind. These contracts are so much more detailed. I mean, I don't remember how many pages it was back then, but. But it wasn't the hundred that the yeah. lease is today. Yeah, a lot less attorneys, you know. <laughs> so that was always a plus. Uh, what are they still in Brentwood today? Yes, they closed their other location. They're still in Brentwood. Wow, good for you, man. Yeah. So, what are some lessons the audience like? If you reflect back on that, what are some lessons the audience can take from that deal? Well, I, I can tell you, I went into this so green and. You know, I think it goes back to Chris. I didn't have a mentor. And that was, that's kind of a shame because, you know, I got very fortunate with this. I think we can all agree, right? And um, I just happened to run into the right people at the right time. Um, but I just also had the attitude of, I'm going to figure this out. Um, I don't know that I could do that these days, but you know, there's so much more to it. But Well, I'll give you some things that I, that I take away, okay. right? Which is, one is... I wonder, and this isn't a knock on you, but I wonder right. if you didn't call them that day, yeah, would they have hired you? Yeah. I say that because you've now provided, they didn't hire you at the, nope. when you got done meeting them. Nope. And so they're, they're sitting there. We know how it goes. They're sitting there thinking, what do you think of this guy? Yeah. He's young. They're probably going to talk but, about but it. Is he hungry enough? Can he, does he know what he's doing? Can he yeah. get it done? And so they're thinking, they're unsure. But what did you do? Without having it, you provided some value. Mm -hmm. You call and say, hey, I've solved it. I got it for you. Yeah. I need you to come right now. Well, now that changes everything. Okay. Maybe this guy does know what he's doing. He heard us. He knows what we're looking for and he thinks he solved it, right? If that space to me, like was nothing like they were talking about, it was not on the main boulevard in, in Brentwood. It was somewhere else. You would have lost it. But to me, you provided value so quickly, they would have been foolish not to work with you. Yeah. And so that's the first thing, like even though you didn't have the assignment, you were working it. The second thing I take away from the story, which I don't know happens 
as much anymore is, you know, we rely on technology and relationships for a lot of information. And we should. Mm -hmm. But this maintenance guy was sitting right there. And so you went and talked to the maintenance guy. Yeah. Didn't have a relationship with this guy. Mm-hmm. You didn't call a broker friend. Hey, do you know what's going on with the, the gap space yeah. in Brentwood? You walked right in. And then he told you, I think the owner should be here in 20 minutes. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You waited around and then you went in and, and made it happen. So to me, it's like even in a world with technology and data, grit means a lot and you know um and just finding a way to find a solution Mm -hmm. to me that might seem to some that might seem like yeah i talked to the maintenance person but i can tell you a lot of people don't talk to the maintenance person they rely on technology and data let's go to costar is it listed on costar yeah exactly we'll check there right it's gone talk to the maintenance guy yeah He'll tell you. It'd be gone, but now, but you know, in that area, it was such a hot area. There's really no other, there's nothing because I was like, I'm not sure where I'm going to put them. Um, you know, I was thinking about, man, they, they have a pretty hard requirement. And then this was, you know, the clouds parted and the doves flew out and there it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, thank you for telling that story. I appreciate it. Yeah. Was that your first deal? Uh, Oh, yeah. In commercial real estate, that was my first deal. There's one other lesson I learned from this. You kind of slid it in the interview. So obviously, you kept that relationship for a long time because you're interviewing the owner's son son today. Yeah, today. So tell me how that relationship continued. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this whole business is relationships, right? And it's maintaining them. We work so hard to make that initial, additional or first contact that you don't want to lose it. You know, if you have to go back and just constantly make co- new contacts all the time, build relationships. Something that's totally. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Is he getting the job? I don't know. He's the first interview. So <laughs> there is some pressure on like of all the people. <laughs> But yeah, he's well, this kid's an overachiever. He's pretty amazing. So um yeah, it's I think he's got he's gonna actually I'm just stepping in for part of the interview and our marketing team is gonna be doing the interview with him. So but he's impressive. He's just like his Excellent. mom and dad. Incredible people. Great. Well, Joe, really appreciate the story. I'm gonna take us to the end of the show. Okay. I have three questions for you. Are you ready? Probably not. <laughs> we'll Question try. one. What do you got? What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Oh, this is an easy one. So I'm in marketing, right? And I would get, like I said, I was small town, Nebraska. That Sears catalog had come in the market, uh, come in the mail. That was, so Sears. Eddie Lampert. Got it. Damn him. All right. Sears. Question two. Yeah. What is the last item over $20 you bought in a store? Groceries last night, but <laughs> I am. I've got to go to a wedding. You know, I'm really good about using my calendar, but I looked and I've got a wedding next weekend. And um, I've got to get some patent leather shoes to go with my tux. 
So I'm looking oh. forward to that. I don't even know where to start with that one. You're in Hol- you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, There's probably a good, find some. A lot of good spots. Yeah. You'll find some spots. Okay. Last question. Mm-hmm. If you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, yeah. what aisle would I find you in? Oh, sporting goods. I'm always looking at new tennis balls, so it's always sporting goods. Or maybe right. a new tennis racket. <laughs> All right. How long have you been playing tennis? Uh, playing te- There's the difference. Playing tennis and playing tennis well. Uh, you know, I've been playing decent for the last, like, eight years. But okay. before that, I just out there kind of whacking at it. I love it. I it's it. an incredible sport. Did you take lessons? Uh, no. Uh, YouTube videos huh? and um, getting my ass kicked by pretty much everybody in the beginning. It just really... And, but a lot of YouTube videos. I was, I'm amazed that you can really learn a lot. But you, can, you can take me out on a court with an instructor. I just can't make it work. But if I watch somebody else do it over and over and over again, I pick it up. So YouTube was the best for me. Got it. Well, Joe, I really appreciate this. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you. And where can people find you, Joe? Uh, you can go to my website, joekillinger.co, joekillinger.co. Uh, direct line, 310-943-8542, 310-943-8542. Excellent. All right. Joe, thanks so much. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at DLC mgmt.com this show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives so it doesn't matter if you are a retailer broker entrepreneur architect or an attorney also don't forget to subscribe to retail retold so you don't miss out on next thursday's episode